everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking about Jedi Survivor, which is the follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order, which is a game for the PlayStation. Um, I was actually reminded on Twitter that this game officially came out a month ago, and I literally finished watching my like playthrough uh this morning as of recording today, me too today <laughs> but i mean we were very busy because we went to um like i mean i traveled to see a you a week after well i came to see you a week after it came out mm-hmm. so um and then i traveled some more i was in toronto i was in boston i was all over the place mm-hmm. so now i am back home <laughs> Finally back and I finished home. it. Yes. Well, and like I'm finally on summer break now too, so it's like it just there were so many balls up in the air. But we finally finished this game, so we can finally talk about it. Um, but first, Little Mermaid came out this weekend, and listen, I know we know that there are some people that have issues with live actions. I also have issues with live actions, but this movie was literally perfect. I, yeah, I have an issue with live actions that don't serve a purpose. Yes, this serves a purpose. The the main issue with most of them is that they don't um, add any, they don't like really mean anything. And I think that's why we like Cinderella so much is because um, the live action Cinderella adds so much to the story that it's almost like it's a different story than the original. And mm-hmm. you can watch both of them and get different things out of each of them and i think the little mermaid also did that i 100 percent agree with that because i've seen a lot of takes saying that the little mermaid is like a shot for shot remake and oh no it, i it is sometimes but not not enough to say that the whole movie is like especially when mm-hmm. she's on land like that is all so like involved and it's completely redone they've made it so much more complex they've given it so much more depth and like we've talked about this the best thing that they did was fleshing out prince eric's character and actually giving like way more depth to this love story and it was oh it was so good like he's the new white boy of the month i love eric he's like the (laughs) new best disney prince yeah like before this, we were really going through a string on TikTok where everybody was, like, hating on Prince Eric because he's, like, dumb but pretty. And now it's like, no, this boy is pathetically in love and he's a nerd. Like he And he's just, like, so patient and, he's like, very, He's thoughtful, very attentive. Thoughtful, very attentive. He's a very good listener, even though Ariel cannot even talk. He listens to her. Mm-hmm. Just the way he always looks to her when he's talking, like, especially, Mm -hmm. like, if he's showing her something and his gaze is somewhere else, like, he always looks back to her to get her reaction, to see what she's doing. Like, it, it's amazing. And they ended up making, like, one of the core themes of this movie being, like, you shouldn't have had to give up your voice for me to finally hear you. And I think that, they really embody that with Eric seeing who Ariel truly is, even though she cannot speak to him. Yeah. I, like, fully bought into the love story. Yeah. And I think that Little Mermaid has always been one of those animated movies that gets a lot of criticism for the love story, for, you know, Ariel giving up everything to just be with a guy. Mm -hmm. And 
they just sold it so well in this version because it was more than just being with Eric. It was about this new life on land. Well, and I think they really tapped into that original message because, like, that message was there all along. Like, Ariel felt like she didn't... It's not so much that she didn't belong in the sea, like, for this movie. It was just that there was so much that she wanted to learn and explore and see and do. And I kind of think in this movie, it was Ursula who was like, oh, you can go up there and be with your man. But, like, Ariel never really looked at it that way. And she was like, I don't know. Like, I just want to learn about human stuff. And I just think that they played it so well. She ended up falling in love, I would say, truly falling in love with Eric on land over their joint interest of just collecting things and experiencing life together. Like, just, like, the excitement of, like, you know, their, like, date that they went on. Like, it just was... She just had a good time. That was, like, such a quintessential rom-com date. I know. Like, this movie hit so well for Mm rom-com. Like, I couldn't, um, I couldn't believe me, like, sitting there watching it being like, this is, like, one of the most romantic movies I've ever watched. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, like, the, the main characters just, like, they nailed it with the chemistry. And, like, Alex sent me a tweet Mm -hmm. before we started recording that the first scene that they ever did together was kiss the girl. And, like, you would never know. You would never know. You would never know. The chemistry is so good. (laughs) And, like, Obviously, we can't, you know, talk about this movie without talking about Hallie. She um, she is Ariel. It, it, there is no doubt in my mind that, you know, Rob Marshall and the team saw her audition. And then that was it. Like, even if they had to watch more auditions after that, they probably were like, no, it's Hallie. Because, ha- like, Hallie is Ariel. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, like, what, what Hallie captures, like, I, I saw somebody talking about this. They were like, you know... I think it was Jack Frost on TikTok, Mm -hmm. you know, that Ariel in the cartoon is, like, very headstrong, but, like, in a big way. And, like, Hallie's Ariel is very headstrong, but, like, in a softer way. And she really captures this, like, curiosity with everything and wanting answers to her questions and just wanting to experience the world. And the way she acts, like, with her eyes, like, she is a Disney princess. Like, she was born to play this role. Yeah. I hope they do a sequel. I hope they do, too. Like, I just... Like, even if it's not, like, you know, The Little Mermaid 2, because, like, as Mm -hmm. much as I want that, like, I still want this version of, like, new love, like, Ariel and Eric. I would love to see their, like, adventures because they're exploring the world. Because I don't necessarily think that the next chapter is melody for them that Mm -hmm. i would actually love to see like an original story told about their adventures yeah eventually like if that does well too like eventually we can get to the melody storyline but like um you know hallie's so young that like imagining her with like an 11 year old or whatever (laughs) is kind of weird yeah i i really think that they the way that they structured this movie and the way that they structured the end like they really left the door open to have more adventures with these characters like even returning to the sea like they left it open in such an interesting way for Ariel to still be part of her previous life and I would love to see that like I mean of course I eventually want to see Melody but like right now like I just want to live in Hallie's world (laughs) yeah so good and like I'm so um Spider-Verse is coming out this weekend 
So I have tickets to see that, but I also kind of want to sneak in a second viewing of Little Mermaid. (laughs) You should. Because Alex told me that she thinks that this is her new favorite. Yeah, I just like... I it's very close like don't get me wrong like Cinderella is like really really close but I love the musical numbers in this movie and like Cinderella has a couple songs but it's not necessarily like a big musical like Little Mermaid that's true that is very true I yeah and I love the um the I want song they gave to Eric like yeah (laughs) and even you know um Ariel gets another song she does it's really good and I like so that one they really pulled from the stage production which I really liked so that was Uh, really fun and you know what I've been saying is that so like there was the Broadway Little Mermaid that was um I think it was in on Broadway in like 2008 or something Mm -hmm. um I think this is the opportunity to bring Little Mermaid back to Broadway, but tell this version. Oh, that would be really fun. Yeah. And like you have Eric's song, you know, you bring in the extra characters that they added, you know, like Eric's parent, like adopted parents. I loved um, that. Like having the more diverse <laughs> cast too, like bringing yes. that version onto Broadway would be incredible. And like I would like make a trip to New York just to see it. Yeah. And speaking of Eric's backstory, um, it was very much giving Barbie the island princess, which I kept saying to the person who went with me. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I know. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that would have been amazing because, like, Eric has a song in the stage show, but this one is so much deeper because, like, in the stage show, he's very much focused on like I have to find the girl and I think that they kind of do that in the movie too but it changes really quickly to like him just connecting with somebody who he has these shared interests with and like he doesn't need to be reaching for somebody who's not there and Mm -hmm. I really like that I thought that was really really beautiful yeah so I would say everyone should go see it I I loved it on a completely opposite note, which we were actually talking about this a lot before we started recording um, so that we wouldn't spoil anything, I finally was able to start watching Yellow Jackets and I am devouring this show, um, pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> um, listen, you can't, I can't, you can't really say anything about this show without spoiling it. Um, well, it's spoiled in like the first episode. Like it's not. Yeah, right. yeah. I just, this is, like, made for me. Like, this is... Yeah. This was made no, for know, me. I know, because I started watching it, and I was like, do you watch this? Yeah. I knew it was made for you. I, so, like, I'm all the way caught up. I've been watching season two as it's coming out, and it just had the finale mm-hmm. on Friday. And um, they were writing season three as the writer strike happened, so that's on pause right now, but season three is happening. Yeah. Well, and you sent me a thing where the creators want to do it for five seasons. Yeah. So originally they pitched the show as five seasons, Mm -hmm. um, which makes sense to me because, um, you know, they're in the wilderness for 19 months. um, So like about a year and a half. And um, they haven't gotten that far. Like at the end of season two, like, you know, it hasn't been a year in the wilderness yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see it. I really like the show. Like, it's just so fun to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I 
I just think they really nailed it with like, this is about a girls soccer team. So of course we descend into complete madness. Like it just, it works so perfectly. It always reminds me. So when I was in fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher had like this huge ranch and every year she would invite her class to like come stay. So there would be like a boys night and a girls night. And I always remember on the girls night, we watched King Kong. Like it was like the newer King Kong that came out around that time. And the boys watched Homeward Bound. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that is the embodiment of Yellow Jackets and Ted Lasso to me. It's just so funny. Yeah. Which, that's actually yes. on here as well. So, mm-hmm. Ted Lasso is ending forever. Yeah, so our two soccer shows. Our two soccer shows. <laughs> Can you imagine both of us watching, like, soccer shows? I mean, um, I feel like it was inevitable. Yeah. So, Ted Lasso, is it ending? Like, okay. Okay, you're right. I was under, so I was under the impression that Ted Lasso was ending. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do, like series finale. But then Apple TV has been advertising it as the season finale. And apparently people have been tweeting saying like the writers, like Jason has never actually said that this is the final season. Huh. Which is interesting. Yeah. It is narratively feeling like the end. Yeah. I would agree. At least. And, and you know, like, some people are talking about narratively ending of certain character arcs, but then starting a spinoff show of other characters. Because it sounds like a lot of the boys, like, on the team, like, want to do this, like, continue to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of the characters have expressed, like, wanting to continue on and wanting to continue these stories. Because it's so beautiful. Like, this season, there's been a lot of, like, people saying that it's been all over the place or it's been confusing. Like, honestly, I think this season has been so good. Yeah, I disagree. I've been enjoying this season a lot. Yeah. Um, It's been tackling a lot of really interesting topics. Yeah, and it's built very nicely. Like, I really think that this final episode is going to be really, really good. And to be honest, like... Yeah, I want it to continue and like I want I'd love to have a fourth season, but it kind of feels right for this to be the final episode. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, but I'm also like worried that this is Apple's cash cow. Yeah, that they're going to milk it. Us, well, all of us are going to cancel Apple TV. Yeah. Unless you have it like included in your like phone plan already or something. Like, we're all going to cancel Apple TV. Yeah. what else are we watching? No, like, there's there's literally, like, nothing else other than Dickinson, and Dickinson's already over, so it's, it's like... Yeah. But, like, when people... Like, I signed up for Apple TV solely for the show. Mm. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if continuing it is necessarily a good idea because they may be doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they keep the same writing team... It'll probably be good. Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing, like, slice of life more type stuff if they continue on. Honestly, like, I feel like there's still more story for Ted. But that's just going to depend on how this last episode goes. You know what I mean? I'm so nervous. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long episode, too. It's over an hour. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited. 
But uh, last night, as of recording this episode, succession came to an end. And I literally caught up just, just in, in time. Just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time <laughs> to watch it live with everybody. <laughs> I think I've been watching it live for like five weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the finale. I liked the finale too. I thought, honestly, I thought the ending was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, okay, so I watched the end where like the creators come on and like they talk about mm-hmm. the episode because my mom was like, "We we are watching this, don't skip it." And I like fundamentally disagree with some of the things that the creator said, and I'm like, "Listen, I know that's how you wrote it, but like that's not true." <laughs> I also think that the actors on Succession are so good that like they can spin the meaning of things based off of their performance so even if the writer said a certain thing yeah like i would actually want to hear what like jeremy strong has to say Mm -hmm. or like sarah snook like i want to hear what's going on in their head because i agree with you because i think those actors are so good and they're also like jeremy is like so you know attached to his character to kendall Mm -hmm. that i could see that Oh, yeah. And I just, like, I thought they did it so well, and you really get to see the siblings being siblings. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, that's how it always is. Like, it's still these kids just, like, fighting over, like, affection. And they really showed that in this episode, and I I really liked that. So, basically, what we're saying is there's no good TV anymore. (laughs) Anymore. (laughs) Maisel's done too. We yeah, didn't say we that, didn't... but Maisel's done. Oh man, <laughs> Maisel I... finale was great too. I was like really teary watching the Maisel finale. Yeah, I really liked it. There's no good TV anymore. There's no good TV. <laughs> How are we supposed to have a hot girl summer without good TV? We need, like, I mean, I guess we need like recs from people to watch older shows because yeah. that's. I mean, like, I yeah. I guess now is finally my time where it's, like, I've been wanting to rewatch Loki, so maybe now I'll finally oh, start yeah, rewatching Loki. Yeah. So, in news, though, for movies, so Indie premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, and it kind of tanked. Yeah. So it originally, for like, first thing is it got a five-minute standing ovation, which is, like, not a lot for Cannes, apparently. Um, and then the reviews started coming in, and they were not kind. They were actually, you know, like, worse than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Which, which is, I'm very like, surprised. a lot. I am, like, extremely surprised by that. And obviously, I'm still going to see it, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to let those reviews like base my opinion because there's plenty of movies I got bad reviews and then (laughs) I loved and like I mean obviously Little Mermaid didn't get reviewed as poorly I think it was sitting at like 65% on Rotten Tomatoes but then the audience score is at 95% -hmm. like it's like insane yeah so critics do they really mean anything I don't know but it's surprising I don't know like, what to think about this? I, I will say for me, so, like, I didn't grow up with indie. Like, I watched it, like, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And, like, I wasn't crazy into them. But yeah. when I heard about the reviews, like, I thought that was really odd because of how beloved indie is. So part of yeah. me is always just going to think that they're hating on it 
because of like Phoebe or something like that. So mm-hmm. like I don't know. Like I'm still like really excited to see it because it's Phoebe Waller Bridge and Harrison Ford. Yeah, like, I don't know if I've seen anything negative about the performances. I did see something about um, the directing. I forget what his name is. James Mangold, who did um, Logan. Yeah, I did see that um, people thought that he was trying to imitate Spielberg too much. Mm. Like it was almost to a fault where it was like, um, like a copy of like copying his techniques for directing and everything. And they would have liked to see a little bit more of like Mangold in the direction also Mm -hmm. and i don't know about the story like yeah i don't know like i'm it's coming out really soon it's coming out in a month yeah Mm -hmm. we've got spider-man and then we got yeah barbie that's the thing is we have no tv but we have a ton of movies we do no barbie is in july oh you're right barbie's the third week of july um yeah we have spider-verse we have indie. Oh, between those though, we have Elemental. Yes, Pixar, mm-hmm. and that was also shown at Cannes, and I think it got decent reviews from what I've heard. People saying that it felt like kind of back to original kind of Pixar movies. Um, the only thing is, it's getting like no marketing. They're really not pushing it too much. I mean, they did show the trailer before. Little Mermaid, but oh, I didn't see it before. Little oh, really? Mermaid. Yeah. No, they did show it before. I saw the Little indie Mermaid. trailer. The which one? I saw the indie. Indie. I did see. Oh, indie I didn't see the indie trailer. So that's interesting. Maybe it's because I saw it on IMAX. Maybe, Maybe they were yeah. showing trailers that were IMAX trailers. Probably that makes sense. Yeah, because I remember we saw Elementals and we saw a trailer for a new DreamWorks movie, um, okay. which was actually really funny. So it's this girl. Um, who turns into a kraken and the villain of the movie are mermaids and they played it before the mermaid movie and they played a line in the trailer where they were like but humans love mermaids and they're like yeah because humans are stupid and I was like what? <laughs> so I was like wow okay <laughs> but I mean it stuck in my mind so but yeah I mean it seems like they are really trying like they're really pushing movies a lot like there's been I feel like now more than ever, like, a huge, like, return to things just being in theaters. Um, yeah. So at least there's that, I suppose. And, I mean, that's tied to, you know, like, the streaming not being as profitable. Right. Makes sense. Unfortunately, this is true. So I think with that, we are ready to dive in to Jedi Survivor. So I feel like, first things first, I want to get out of the way, like, we were both so stoked for this game because we loved the first one so much. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the book that came out and, like, the book has, like, I don't know where that came from because this game <laughs> is not that at all. It's uh, the book. I don't know him. I don't. I've never seen that man. That book has never seen this man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that they really improved upon a lot of the things in the first game. I think especially, like, I was unsure about being able to, like, customize Cal, um, but I've really liked seeing people's customizations, especially the long-haired tank top Cal. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I thought that was really cool, and, like, Alex mentioned to me that there's, like, a new game mechanic that they 
entered in, which comes into play at the very end. Um, neither one of us has physically played this game. Um, Alex watched it on Twitch and then I watched it on YouTube. So we are mm-hmm. kind of, we consumed it that way. Yeah. I played the first game. So this was definitely different for me. Mm-hmm. I wish I had gotten, gotten to play it because I had such a good experience playing Fallen Order. Like through my point of view rather than watching someone else play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like, it also comes with, like, it being, like, my first, like, big girl video game, too, and just, <laughs> like, being introduced to such a good game that way was wonderful. So this was a little different for me, but all, all like, obviously, I'm gonna be reviewing this game based off, like, the narrative and everything, because I don't yeah. know how, really, it plays. Yeah, and I, I would agree as well. Like, when it comes to, like, gameplay and stuff like that, like, I don't really know anything about that I will say like I've heard from like gamer friends and like you know other people on YouTube and things like that that they've had a really fun time playing it but I really can only speak to the story and I do want to say like overall the story I do think that I like Fallen Order still better yes but I I was thinking about it and how Fallen Order did this amazing job of like introducing this ensemble and with them being on the run from the Inquisitors and Vader and Trilla and like all this, like it was so fantasy. Like if you mm-hmm. were reading it as a book, like it was very fantasy. And with this one, it felt more like, like insular. It wasn't so much to do with like what's happening in the empire. It really was like, they named this game very appropriately as survivor. Like these people are just surviving and trying to figure out how to keep going. And I think really everything kicks off because Cal is like unable to function. He's like, I must fight Empire. Yeah. Don't know how, too big, very scared. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that, like none of this would have happened. So it, it's really this journey happening with Cal. I don't think they hit it as well as they could have. But I really mm-hmm. did like that. There was some. There was that story worth telling. Like it was worth exploring. Yeah. I also think with Fallen Order is like it was so unexpected for that game to be as an amazing as amazing as it was. Like yeah. going into that game, I don't think anyone expected to get that narrative that we did. That was you know like at like for us like on the heels of The Last Jedi feeling like it was at that caliber of storytelling for the Mm -hmm. most part. So I think this, it's like our expectations were very high because we were so surprised by the first one. And like you said, it's a very insular story. It's more about Cal's personal journey rather than like how he's, you know, doing his part to take down the Empire. Mm -hmm. It's a quieter story. At the same time as, you know, throwing in all these, like, battle mechanics and, like, fighting and everything. So. Yeah. I would have loved, like, I I know they don't really do this, but, like, if the book had been, the tie-in novel had been more about what Cal's feeling during all this, it would have been so interesting. No, I actually included that because I feel like this game to me is a lot like um, Battlefront 2 
in that mm-hmm. like you're kind of following along on this journey and you're with a character that's like very like I don't know why this is still happening like still like very conflicted and having that Inferno Squad book like informs it so much and I really do think that more than Fallen Order Survivor would be so good to have like a follow along narrative like it yeah it just lends so well to it and I would say, honestly, like having it be a split POV between Cal and Marin because Cal has a lot of mirrors in this game. Like we're going to talk about with um, Dagon and with Bode. And I feel like Marin is like his touchstone in this. Mm -hmm. And I wish we could have seen her become the person that she is in this game. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot still, like, unsaid yeah. for, like, how she got there. Like, she was exploring the galaxy and things like that. And, like, I, I would have loved to hear more about it. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that with a third game, kind of obvious to me, okay. the way that this ended, it, mm-hmm. I feel like there will definitely be a third game. See, that was one of my questions. I'm, so, okay. I I think that we could maybe get some gameplay with Marin in that one. And we'll get I think here's our spoiler warning right now. Mm. Um that we did get to play as another character in this. That is true. So I think that that could happen in the next game with Marin. Mhm. I would love to see that. Yeah, that was kind of my question and I guess we'll talk about that more as we go through like what would that game look like and like what would it be about because that's kind of this game leaves off on a very interesting note I would say so to kind of like get into it and like I just like Alex said like I kind of want to give like a general blanket like we're going to be talking about spoilers like if you haven't played this game there's going to be lots of spoilers I would say even if you haven't played the first game like there's going to be spoilers because just so much happens Um, But Survivor takes place five years after Jedi Fallen Order, which is, like, huge. And I remember when we were first learning about it, and it's like, oh, the Mantis crew, like, isn't together anymore. We're like, what? What? Like, they just got together. Like, what's going on? And seeing them, how they had gone their separate ways, why they went their separate ways, I actually really liked exploring that because it really informed just how conflicted Cal is like how much Cal just like doesn't know what he's doing and like needs a direction because these other you know family members were Mm -hmm. able to carve their own path and Cal's still like I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing it feels very like I'm having a crisis yeah it reminds me like we saw Guardians of the Galaxy together I think I mentioned this it's like it reminds me of you know the Guardians I guess spoiler for Guardians 3 (laughs) is, you know, this group that is considered a family and then splitting up. And what does that mean for you post split up? And I think we may see that with some of the Guardians Mm -hmm. conflicted about the split up. And, you know, it feels like that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, this is something that we wanted from the book, like Battle Scars. Like, I kind of would have liked to see the split happen in that book. Yeah. And then this being like, we already knew that they were split up. Like, now we're checking in on them. Um, but I really like the direction that they took these characters. Because, like, Cal, literally, like, they split up because they kind of aren't 
on the same page with, like, what they want to be doing. Like, Cal mm-hmm. wants to be fighting. Like, he doesn't know how to live on any other way. He wants to fight. And, like, nobody else in the Mantis crew, like, wants to do that. Like, nobody's interested in mm-hmm. trying to fight the big machine that is the Empire. And so, like, naturally, what does Cal do? He falls in with Saw Gerrera, Which is, like, I was very surprised. I think he just was desperate in finding a way to fight his fight. We also see, you know, Cal, um, he's struggling with the dark side quite a bit in this game. And, you know, Saw, definitely some of his tactics are not good. (laughs) More dark side, even though they're trying to do it for good reasons. I kind of get it. The, the cow that we see in this game, I get why he would go there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I kind of really like how they explore the dark side, not just in this game, but like how they did it in the first game too. Because with Marin being a night sister and that kind of having more to do with the dark side of the force, mm-hmm. it, it's very fascinating to me because she has this like bigger understanding that like the Jedi don't have access to because of mm-hmm. their teachings. So I I kind of like the idea of seeing Cal navigating this like dark side pole with Marin. Kind of like mm-hmm. how we saw in um like in Dark Disciple. Mm-hmm. I really like that um to go off of that. I really like that scene with Marin and Cal by the fire and she was talking about fire. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in comparison to the dark side, that fire can bring warmth, it can give light, but it can also, you know, be your destruction. Um, and I think, like, that makes so much sense for her to see the dark side in that way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like, the the Jedi don't have the com- capacity to think about it that way. I was, like, overwhelmed with this thought while I was watching this game that, like, not not only, like, I mean, yeah, the Jedi Order, like, died and all that kind of stuff. And, like, we do see remnants and, like, here and that here and there. But, like, even if the Jedi Order hadn't have been, like, wiped out all at once, they would not have survived in this Imperial world because of the decisions that you're constantly seeing them having to make. Like, the same thing, like, when you look at Obi-Wan, when you look at, like, Kanan, just the constant decisions that they are making trying to survive in this world... Like, you can't do that within the confines of the Order. Like, that's what's so devastating about these Jedi who survive. Like, they have to really reconcile with who they are in order to keep on living. And Cal, like, finds himself, like we said, like, really struggling with this dark side. He finds solace and understanding in a Night Sister, like, if the order was still around, like he would be in serious trouble for all of this stuff. <laughs> we also see, you know, Cal, like you said, grasp with what a Jedi means, like being a Jedi means to him, right? Like in this world, like what can he be? What like rules can he let go of? How is he forging his new path? I really think it speaks to. Honestly, like, I do think it speaks to the sequels a little bit um, because we see Luke trying to, like, start over with the Jedi Order. And you see that in this game as well. So, like, when they go their separate ways, um, Seer 
goes to Jedha and she starts reassembling the Jedi archives, which I think, in my opinion, is way more important than like starting up a new band of like Jedi, like training Jedi. I think her goal of preserving this knowledge is like, it makes so much sense. But it did keep making me wonder, like, you know, what would this new generation look like from this perspective? Like, would she be trying to build the same order that Luke is trying to build or something like that? Or even looking forward and knowing that Rey is going to start an order. Like, when you start over from scratch all of these times, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, what do you keep and what do you leave behind? I kind of feel more confident in Seer restarting an order than like Luke. Oh, 100%. Like, for sure. <laughs> well, because like I like I think yeah. that Seer is way smarter and knows some of the important things to drop. Yeah. If she were to make an order. I mean, she went through seeing her I mean, one she went through order 66 and then she yeah. went through her Padawan being taken and turned into an inquisitor. And then she takes on Cal and honestly, like the way that she has shepherded Cal, like I agree. Like I think if she had gone on to create an order, like I would have, I think it would have been better than what had been in the past. Yeah. I mean, you can compare like the way that she um, fostered Cal versus the way that Luke fostered Ray, And you can just (laughs) look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, Seer. <laughs> oh, Seer. Um, well, and we also get callbacks, like, way back to the High Republic. And I remember Alex yeah. messaging me and saying, like, the High Republic is, like, so integral to this game. Like, I was really surprised. Yeah. Was it, though? I feel like this is a good... <laughs> was it? Yeah, this is, like, kind of my my thing. So... I, like, but here's the thing. I thought when I had told you that... That I thought it was going to be bigger. Gonna be, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you felt the same way when it was first yes. introduced. Yes. I, I did, too. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, like... Technically, the main antagonist. Uh, technically, the main antagonist of this game is a Jedi named Dagon from the High Republic. Technically, te- technically, <laughs> right? That's what they want you to think. Um, okay. <laughs> and like you are learning because like they were on Coruscant. They go to Greece. They're like, oh, our ship's broken. All shucks. He's like, oh, we'll go into this cave, and they find a High Republic droid, and like that's where. Cal learns about, like, this planet called um, Tantalor and it being completely hidden. It's like, oh, this could be a safe haven. And he finds Dagon in Bakta, and he's like, oh, a new friend. Great. And it's like, no, because he fell to the dark side and blah, blah, blah. And as they were going on and, like, I liked that story, but I think it should have been told completely through his, like, force visions. I don't think Dagon ever should have actually been, like, a a person that they interacted with, I think that they should have just yeah. gone straight to the real villain. And, like, if you weren't listening to our spoiler warnings, like, here's the biggest one. I think Bode should have revealed that he was in it for himself way earlier than he did. Yeah, because I was going to say they kind of used Dagon as, like, that Trojan horse. Yes. Like, that was, like, the point of it. Was just like we need something to distract the player to think that this is the direction it's going in, and then they're like, "Oh, you know what would be cool if he was from the High Republic." Yeah, it was kind of just like almost like an afterthought in the sense where like we need to have this like decoy villain, mm-hmm. and what would make the decoy villain really cool? Oh, the High Republic. Yeah. Well, and I, I like the idea of this being 
a planet that they found from the High Republic and them also thinking it was a haven. And it's like, I, I think what you do is like you reveal that information first and Cal and Bode are like, awesome, I want this, but they want it for different reasons. So that's where Bode immediately splits off and being like, no, you can't have it. Like, I need to hide here with my daughter. That is a very good idea. Yeah. Well, because then like that's you keep. That's a really, yeah. Well, like you keep going and then it's revealed like, oh, it wasn't actually safe because the Nile found it. And like, mm-hmm. really, they want the same thing. Like Bode and Cal are mirrors of each other. Yeah. I feel like that would have fixed some plot holes, too, like, with, like, why was Diagon, like, so motivated by this? You know, I... It felt like his whole plot line, like, I I just think it didn't make sense to tell it in the present day. Like, it made sense to just keep it in Mm -hmm. the past. And, like... I remember, like, I didn't realize that Alex wasn't at the part that I was at, and I messaged her, and I'm like, um, Cal just killed Dagon, and I still have, like, an hour and a half left of this game. <laughs> it was like... I mean, like, that didn't end up being, like, a big spoiler, because it's not like you spoiled me on the twist. Yeah, like, that's true. That was... Cause it, but it was and... just, like, so, like, oh, like, I still have so much left, because, like, I kept thinking that Bode wasn't who he said he was, just because they weren't doing anything with him. Like, he was just mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, he has to have something more going yeah, on. Yeah, like, why Why did he join the team? Yeah, <laughs> they just, they waited so long to do it. And then, like, man, the last hour of that game, it's like, you go to, like, the ISB, and, like, Bode turns out to be a Jedi, and, like, all the stuff they just yeah. threw in, <laughs> like, well, the very I end. thought, so, like, I was actually very surprised by his turn, and maybe that's because I thought... He was joining the crew because one of them was going to get killed off and they needed, like, a full kind of family for the next game. I mean... I'm like, oh, they're adding someone to the family. But, like, one did die. <laughs> someone's going to... No, I know. I know that still ended up happening, but, like, I didn't actually see his turn coming. And I know some other people probably did, but I was just like, oh, like, Boat's so cool. Like, well, I like he, his he character. was. Like, he... And I do think, like, he was a really good friend to Cal. And, like, mm-hmm. the only reason I was like, I don't think we can trust him is because it was just so random. Like, yeah. and he was just such a good person. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're going to do something. But I wasn't... I don't know. When the turn did happen... By that point, I was like, why? Like, y'all both want it for the same reason. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it felt very, like, wide to me. And then the fact that he, I I do really love the scene where um, the Empire comes to Jeddah and attacks yeah. their new archive. Like, that was devastating. But mm-hmm. also a little bit out of left field. Like, Vader showed up, and I'm like, why is Vader here? <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, we find out that Bode isn't actually an Inquisitor, mm-hmm. and is, like, behind the scenes kind of, like, anti-Inquisitor, mm-hmm. because the por- person he's reporting to is not, is, like, trying to get info for themselves, and is not, like, necessarily working for Vader. So, yeah, it's weird that Vader shows up. Yeah, well, and especially because they revealed that, like, the whole reason Bode is working with the ISB is to be hidden from Vader. So it's like, why would he go ahead and contact Vader? Like, that was really weird. 
So I just, I feel I mean, like, like... I guess we have to see Vader. I guess so. <laughs> They're just I mean, like, well, Vader's going to be in this game. That was a really cool fight. So, like, the fight is between Vader mm-hmm. and Seer, which that was very interesting because Vader is the reason that her Padawan dies. Yeah. Um, so, like, that was... Yes. I, I did like that one. Well, I also like, so, Seer dies. Um, I don't like that Seer died, but I did like that when, like, she is dying, like, she talks, she mentions Trilla, like, she was thinking about Trilla, and she's gonna be with Trilla again, um, so I really did like that, because that's, like, my one thing about the first game, is, like, why did Trilla have to die? Mm -hmm. Like, I think for us, like, the first game is pretty perfect, except for Trilla dying. Yeah, well, and I would say, with this one, I mean, it, it has its issues, which we've talked about, but I also think that, like, to me, the biggest thing is that Bode shouldn't have died. I don't think yeah, she should have died. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I feel like there could have been a way for him to be redeemed and, you know. So the gameplay that I watched was, like, seven hours. Like, it, it was pretty long. So when I finished it, I went back and I read a synopsis just to make sure, like, I had everything. And it mentioned... You know, like, it's a constant struggle with Cal feeling that pull to the dark side and it just making things easier. Like you said earlier with, like, it makes the fights easier if you use the dark side and things like that. Um, And he really starts to fall or starts to let it happen when the archives are attacked and when Seer dies Mm -hmm. um, because he's just angry. Yeah, he's angry and, like, that betrayal, like, it really hurt. Um... So when he goes to the ISB, or, like, the planet where the ISB is, he is really flying off the rails. And, I mean, he kills an Imperial officer, and he takes his clothes. Oh, and it was violent, (laughs) It was very violent. Like, like Um, just, like, basically giving him a brain injury, killing him that way. Yeah. Um, So he did that, but then... He was going to kill the um, person in charge of the ISB, and Marin stops him. Like, she tells him, like, not to go down that path. But then Mm -hmm. he goes ahead and he kills Bode anyway. So, like, they spared the character that didn't matter. And Bode's daughter an orphan. Literally. Like, that's what's so insidious about it is that he literally orphans a child. Like, to me. Like, that's what makes it, like, so shocking. I was shocked that he killed Bode. Yeah, well, because he did, he traumatized Kata, which is, I think that's her name. Mm -hmm. Um, He traumatized her the same way that he and Marin have been traumatized. Like, it felt really weird to me. And I kind of felt like they moved on really quickly. So, like, that was why I was wondering, like, if there was going to be a third game, like, what would the focus be? Like, is it going to be acknowledging that? I would hope, or that if they do another book, they're acknowledging it. Because there is a lot to be acknowledged there. Um, like, in those moments at the end of the game, I'm like, wow, Cal's, like, not really being a good person right now. He's, like, and not okay <laughs> at all. Like, Yeah, but that's the thing, is we end the game and... And narratively, like, yes, has he learned a lot. He has come a long way in the sense where he doesn't necessarily feel like he's owed it to himself to fight the Empire alone. 
Yeah. I think that he grows, but then in other ways, it's like, whoa, he has a lot of growing to do. Yeah. Like, I definitely think he realized that he can fight back in other ways that aren't going to get people, well, (laughs) I was going to say that aren't going to get people killed, but obviously not. Um, Because in the end, like, he's, he wants to work with Marin to create a safe haven for the hidden path, which was mentioned in Obi-Wan, to, you know, help force sensitives hide from the Empire instead of being out there and trying to fight it. He wants to help people hide from it. But I feel like... I kind of feel like the natural, like, next step, because this feels like a tragedy right now, would be for them to set up shop on Tantalor, and just like during the High Republic era, they get found, and they get attacked, and, like, once again, it's taken from him. Like, mm-hmm. he's just continuing. Which brings him back into the fight, because he's kind of going to go into hiding now. And, like, also, like, do you, like, if you were Kata, would you just be, like, chill, I'm going to go live with the person who killed my dad? I don't know, because at the end, like, she kind of did seem chill about it. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. I was, like, I almost would love, like, if there was some, like, strain there and that mm-hmm. could be like a theme in the next game is that like he's the villain i am now basically adopted by the person who killed my father mm-hmm. i i would love to see him being more in like a villain capacity because part mm-hmm. of this was that like dagon was also a mirror for cal and how he had this like death grip mentality on like I found this planet. It's going to be my haven. I don't care that the Nile already found it. I'm going to train people here and we're going to take down anybody who stands in our way. Like that was also very Cal. And I feel like he didn't learn anything from Dagon. Like, no, I don't feel like he did because I feel like he has become Dagon. Well, he's also become Bode. Yeah. He's a child now. And like, Cal, if he, if, you know, if Cal is really caring for this child and cares about her, like, he would probably do a lot of bad things to keep her safe also. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, like, history could repeat itself because Cal could, you know, be doing work for some villain person to keep Matta safe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and I even saw, so when I was reading that summary, they said that the reason Cal killed Bode is because Bode was going to kill Marin. And it's like, that, again, that's like reinforcing the, like, no attachments thing. Because it's like, oh, you're attached to Marin, so now you're going to kill somebody. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like... Kind of his, like, Cal's kind of, like, falling apart started when him and Marin kissed. <laughs> I mean, we got to talk about the romance here. Okay, listen. But, like, when he decided he was going to let go of a, of that uh, Jedi rule, I mean, he, did he started kind of fly letting off the go handle. of other Jedi rules, too. He did. He did. And I feel like he's, the problem was is that he was missing that voice pulling him back. Because mm-hmm. in some ways, Marin does, but, like, in other ways, she doesn't. And that's kind of what Seer was for. Like, Seer was still, like, his his Jedi self, right? Yeah. Um, 
I love everything that they do with the relationship between Cal and Marin. Like, if there's mm-hmm. one thing that this game did really right, it was that. It was that. really good. It was what we wanted to see in Battle Scar. Yeah, well, it was just done so well. Like, mm-hmm. just there being, like, just they've had a thing, and finally Cal lets himself say, like, this is what I want. Like, yeah. Well, there was the two kisses. There was the first one that was very unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's happening already. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then just like, I remember it was like towards the end of the game because they had gotten their compasses, you know, and they were, because there was like a little bit of like a fetch quest happening and they were going to go to Tantalor and it's like, you know, what do we want now? And he's like, I, I want to be with you. And I was like, okay, like he's. <laughs> You know, he's finally, like, he's learned to, like, reconcile that side of himself. But, like, even that was, like, following the same path as Bode because Bode got married and had a kid and fell down the stark yeah. path. So I'm like, what What are we trying to say? And, like, I will say, there was a fate to block. <laughs> <laughs> there was. There was. <laughs> I just, like, I really love... Marin in this game she feels so confident she I feel like she was the, the like out of all the characters she was written the best she was in this game. well and mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was really evident that what happened was like she left Dathomir and she traveled the galaxy and she learned that what she wanted was to help people who had been displaced like her like her all of her people are gone and I, I really did love what she called told Kata at the end that like your pain is your own and she for a long time did not want to not be in pain because she thought that that was all she had left of Dathomir and when she finally let it go she was able to you know like like she still has Dathomir and she's still trying to help them like but she's also helping herself by not Not. keeping herself in that pain anymore Mm -hmm. I love that that was such a highlight of the game, honestly, that conversation. Cal needed to hear that, though. <laughs> yeah. Cal is, like, still in a lot of pain, I feel. Like... Yeah. I- and that's why I think there is bound to be a third game. Because yeah. Cal's arc is not resolved. No. At all. Well, and I feel like... So when they have the funeral, so they... They have a funeral for Seer and for Bode, and also for Master Cordova. So he died as well. Mm-hmm. He's another character. Um, well, Bode killed him. Yeah. Um, there's this. It was very interesting. So Cal just stands there and stares at these. Pyres. And then there's like fast. It's like fast forward, and people are like walking around him. Yeah, I then, thought that was really weird. It too. looked really silly, but like I get what they were trying to say. Like he is. Honestly, I feel like he is so like more lost in his grief than ever. Like Yeah. He's lost he lost his family family like with the Jedi. And then he lost basically like his parental figure with Seer. Like he lost one already with his master and then he lost it again with Seer and with Bode like he truly like, I think that him and Bode were truly friends, and that betrayal, like, cut deep. Yeah. So I feel like the way that this game started out, it seems like 
he had a good relationship with all those characters that he was friends with at the beginning. So, mm-hmm. like, they have a friendship beyond what we saw in the game. And they all died, too. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. he's lost more since, like, the start of the games. And it's, yeah. it's interesting to me because he says to Seer, at, like, at the funeral that she saved his life on Braca. Um, which she did, like, because, you know, the Night Sister was going to kill him. Trilla was going to kill him. But I think it also was that she gave him a purpose again. Like, he was just doing nothing yeah. on Braca. And, like, and you're saying, you know, now he's kind of lost that moral compass of Seer. Yeah. Because, like, and I, I feel like Marin can be that compass, but I also feel like it's not her responsibility. Exactly. To be it, though. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like she's mm-hmm. done a lot of growing. She's a part. Yeah. Like she's like his equal and not like his mother or his like, mm-hmm. you know, like. I, I feel like she went off and she did all of this growing and she is in a place where she's ready for this relationship and he's not. And that hurts me <laughs> to say, but like. <laughs> He's not ready. Like, he... Yeah. He he acknowledged that he wants this, but, like, he has so much more You're work right. to do. You're so right. Like... Wow. All of me change like midnight rain. <laughs> Honestly. Mm-hmm. We could, like, do a whole episode about all the Taylor Swift songs that, like, relate to them now. <laughs> like, Cal, like... Oh, my God. Like, I feel so bad for Cal. Yeah. I didn't expect him to be in this position at the end of this game. Like, Neither did I. Like, more conflicted, more toying with the dark side. Like, I wasn't expecting this game to be, like, a darker middle chapter. And, like, this is, like, so dark. It's it's so dark to the mm-hmm. point where I'm like, if they don't tell more, like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> yeah. And, like, if they, and, you know, if, like, Cal doesn't get help, like, could he could we see him as an inquisitor i i kind of want to see this journey though because yeah well like totally because we haven't seen it we no. haven't seen anything like this well and like that was maybe a, voss like yeah maybe may, quinlan voss yeah i feel like you know he went down that that conflictedness in the first game of like you know, we see Inquisitor Cal, like, that kind of thing. Um, and in this game, I saw people point out that, like, it, him being in that, like, ISB outfit and just, like, brutally murdering people and, like, using the dark side, like, I, I really feel like there could be foreshadowing to him somehow, some way, joining up with Vader. And I would like to see that happen and then him to be freed from it. Because I feel like until he is able to either live in balance or be freed from the mm-hmm. dark side, like, he's never going to be happy. Narratively, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. And it would be so satisfying to watch that whole arc happen and for there to be life and redemption at the end of it. Like, finally getting a story like that. Dark. And seeing it from beginning to end. Dark Disciple, but it's Cal and Marin, except Marin doesn't have to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. I think that that makes a ton of sense. And I want to see it. Like I And it may... And it, do you find the end of this game makes Battle Scars seem, like, so weird? 
it feels Considering, so like, where Cal's personality and arc is at the end of this game. Yeah, compare it to his personality in Battle Scars. Well, because I, I think canonically that book is supposed to take place like pretty close to Battle Scars, and like I, it doesn't. There's no way. Like, there's not a way at all. Like, even on the well, heels. No, Battle Scars is a year after Fallen Order. So, like, four years before, I think. But even then, like, there's so No, I know. It's still not the same character. Yeah. It's just, like, it's so weird. It's, it's so, so weird. strange. Like, they, like the, the baby-izing of Cal Kestis. He's very baby. And, like, honestly, Cal is, like, one of the saddest characters ever. Like. And, like, he's yeah. extremely intelligent, and it's just, like, we've – this character just, like, living in this trauma all the time, and that's mm-hmm. what makes him a survivor, and, like, that's why he and Marin relate to each other, because they both have gone through these similar things. Mm-hmm. And unlike Marin, he is still lost in his pain. Like, he is still just completely yeah. in his pain. You know, and one thing I'm kind of glad about is that Star Wars has stepped away from telling too much story. I mean, no, that's not true because there's Andor and there's Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. So, like, those are in kind of this area before A New Hope, right? I just, like, I hope that they don't, like, decide to just, like, drop Cal into one of those shows. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see I'm that. Because I'm worried what that will do, like, like us talking about the third game, about him potentially, you know, going dark, and what dropping him into Bad Batch or Andor would do to that, like, yeah. growth that w- in that direction. Yeah. Because I'm, I don't trust, I don't trust the people in the TV division. No, I do not. <laughs> I don't think he would be an Andor, though, because Andor is also very insular, like, I mean, if he's going to show up anywhere, it'd probably be, like, Ahsoka or something. But, well, no, because he, he wouldn't be, he'd be too, it'd be, like, way past that. Like, I like the idea of his story existing alongside. Like, he's not in it with, like, Andor yeah. or any of that. Like, it's just happening it's another part of the galaxy that's happening, mm-hmm. kind of like um, like Lost Stars. Like Lost Stars, like brushes up against the original trilogy, but it's yeah. like happening alongside it. I think it's just like so many people are obsessed with the idea of it because you know Cam, Cam is like they're the same, right? Like, yeah. Cam can easily just show up in live action because he's an experienced like actor, right? And he Absolutely. is the same model. Yeah. Um. But I, like, the only way that I think I would be okay with it is if they, you know, they're done the trilogy of the games, let's say there's going to be three, and there's, it's tied up all nice, and they want to, like, just have him as a cameo in the post-Return of the Jedi story, like, later in his life. Yeah. Potentially okay with that. Potentially okay with that. Potentially. Like... (laughs) Well, because I even don't like the idea necessarily of, like, them being part of the rebellion, like, because I feel like yeah. that's a natural progression, but I really like this idea more of them being, like, we're more focused on keeping people hidden 
you know? Yeah, I mean, didn't Grogu, like, didn't Grogu, we're going to probably come across him eventually. It's probably not going to be good, but I'm just saying. I also, like, love Cam, and I just, like, like the idea of him being employed, but yeah, it probably wouldn't be good. I saw somebody say um, that Grogu 100% knew Cal Kestis. <laughs> I mean... I mean, he probably did, They're but both like, Coruscant, right? Yeah, they were both at, on Coruscant in the temple. They weren't in different temples, I don't no, think. No, but I could just see Dave Filoni bringing him in and just being like, ah, yes, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Cal would remember because he's so traumatized. Like, mm-hmm. remember the whole first game? It was about him, like, actually He, like, forgot how to use things. the Force. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's no way he would remember Grogu, and I would be mad if Jon Favreau, like, did that. Yeah. I, like, the only other place where we're getting, like, this really interesting look at Jedi post all of this, like, it was an Obi-Wan because it was with Reva, or Reva, mm-hmm. um, because she, as well, like, was taken and forced to become an Inquisitor, and... That, I love her. Yeah, like, or was that Andor? No, that was that was Obi-Wan. No, Obi-Wan. It was an Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I'm, like, obsessed with that idea. And it's it's so interesting to see it play out. And we just, we haven't seen the healing from that. We yeah. have not seen somebody come back from that and survive. Yeah. And I mean, Reva could be in the third Sur- Jedi Fallen Order game. That would be well because this one technically took place at the same time as Obi Wan. I mean, and they're completely intertwined with each other, story yeah. wise. Well, because of the hidden path and everything. Yeah. And like with Cal's struggle, meeting Reva would be, you know, interesting. Well, and all of the parallels that it would bring up with Trilla as well mm-hmm. would just, that would be really, really cool. Like, that's the only place where I'd be okay with Cal, like, crossing over would be if they did, like, another installment of Obi-Wan <laughs> or something like that, yeah. you know? Like, I would be okay with that. Deborah Chow, we trust. I, I do, yes, I do trust Deborah Chow. Not that I don't trust, like, an Andor scenario, but, like, I... That one's fine. Leave. Well, Andor's also not about the Force, so, like, no, it's not the right place to bring him in. don't need to bring, bring in the Force. In. No, 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 no. Um, I, I don't want to see Cal fight Thrawn. I really don't want to see Cal fight Thrawn. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I'm so glad that Ahsoka's in a long time from now because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I keep seeing people talking about it, and I'm like, can we just not, please? Can we not? I don't want to think about it right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, overall, like, I think the first game was lightning in a bottle, and I think they came, they did really good with this one. It, yeah. it had its issues. I think, like, if you just tweaked a few things narratively, it would work out really well. And unless or until they do a third installment, we won't really know if it was worth it or not. <laughs> so, yeah. Lots lots to be seen. I definitely think, like, this story deserved to be told, though. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I do like what it brings forth. So is there anything else about this game that you feel like we need to hit on? I don't think so. Right. Well, if you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on 
Twitter or Instagram. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. We are entering our summertime vibes. So if you have any recommendations or anything that you would like to hear us talk about, please let us know. But until then, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>